Welcome back to this week's episode of Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. Today I'm interviewing the co-editors-in-chief and founders of the zine collective Trash Mag, Sara Gazamzade, and Bergen Flom. In this interview, we talk about the ways in which Trash Mag not only uplifts marginalized voices and communities, but acts as a safe space for expression through their open submission process and live events. Trash Mag is beyond committed to the community as they provide information and resources both through their articles posted on their blog and on their social media platforms. Trash Mag promotes those to exist and empathize with others through recognition, identification, and appreciation. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the interview. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Alrighty, welcome to the show, Local Love. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So today I'm here with Sarah and Bergen, and they are both the founders, and they are also the um, co-editor-in-chief of Trash Mag. And I'm just very thankful to have you guys here today. It is such a cool zine, as well as website, and your staff is absolutely amazing. Thank you. We take pride in our babies. (laughs) Oh, no, it's so cool. I loved reading about everything about the staff and just who they are and, like, how they offer a new lens to Trash Mag, as well as the readers and just the audience in general. It's been it's been really great growing our team recently. Yeah, and I was just wondering too, like how was Trash Mag founded? Um, so Trash Mag was actually a project that I worked on with um, just a group of friends of mine in 2016 when we were still in high school. And March of 2017, we had a. Um, a zine published, which was just a compilation of some interviews and some artwork from like various high school students. And then um, we had a show and then all of us graduated high school and like nothing came out of it. So freshman year of college is when I met Bergen in uh, Whittier and there wasn't a super pop in art scene there (laughs) at the time. And we were like, what do we do? And so I mentioned that I had worked on Trash Mag and I had asked, you know, the friends of mine if we could continue it. And so Bergen and I have been running it since September 2017. That's so cool. No, yeah, especially when you guys took that onto yourselves to change that, just like the scene and the culture of the time. Like, that's a really heavy duty. And like, how is that while also being like college students yourselves? Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, but I think just Sarah and I, like the people we are, like we just like see a problem and we're not going to wait any for anyone to fix it because we can just start something and make it happen. Um, and that's really what we've done with Trash Mag is like we saw that there wasn't much art representation on Whittier College campus, but really Trash Mag doesn't exist on Whittier College campus. Um, it's very much like on the interwebs and all over the country and even outside of the country. So it's it's become much bigger than um, we thought it was going to be at the beginning, but it really did start as like a solution to a problem of like a lack of an art scene on our, our college campus. Um, and we were just like, hey, art person, other art person, like what do we do? Like where, where can we find that kind of um, like therapy through um, different like art passion projects which Sarah and I have been involved with through like high school so we were just kind of looking for that that outlet 
That's amazing too. Like I know for my campus too at UCI, um, we have to make our own art scenes really, especially with um, the clubs. That's one of our biggest things because unfortunately, and I know that this is, you know, a problem for many campuses and universities across the nation is unfortunately that art scene is underfunded. So when you guys do take that liberty of um, making it yourself, I feel like that also puts in a lot more love and like genuine interest and devotion to these types of projects. I think like our, our, one of our main ethos or values is, you know, the DIY mindset you know, like no one's going to make an art scene for us. And so we can make the art scene for us. And that does come from like a real passion for like expression and just like getting to know other people. Yeah. And, um, you know, just feeling connected to something bigger than ourselves. And like what Bergen said, like it has become a lot bigger than what we initially intended. I think like we intended to just make art and be cool people and then now it's like oh like this is something that impacts more than us right and like how would you say that trash mag has either contributed to the community or has just made a community in itself yeah i feel like well so in non-covid times um we do have a really big focus on events because we want to you know while social media is a very big part of where we create community and where we reach new and communities we um, love that in-person interaction and creating like real connections with people and kind right. of um, talking to them in person, hearing their experiences. And so, you know, obviously that's not really happening right now. We have done like Zoom workshops and we're, we're being flexible in terms of how we can use our online platforms. But really that those events have really been a place of connection for a lot of artists um, and in terms of creating community off, off the screen, which I think is is very crucial. Um, and in terms of our online presence, um, like I said, COVID has made us like look at that in a new way. Um, and so we've, you know, brought on some interns, we've started a blog, um, we've made our issues online for the first time to try to reach outside of, um, I'm in Minneapolis, Sarah's in LA. So we, we want to reach outside of those communities, which that's like our main, I guess, um, audience will come from those two cities. But social media allows us to reach and build community outside of those communities because we do want to, you know, lift up the marginalized and underrepresented voices and media from everywhere. So that's the goal. <laughs> No, I have to definitely give you guys kudos too, because I was totally checking out your, both the website, the blog, and the Instagram that you guys have. And like, when I first saw that you guys offered the zine making work workshop, and I, I felt so sad that I missed it, but I thought that was so cool that you guys were going the extra mile to not only provide um, that free new edition transitions, correct? Mm -hmm. And so just seeing that you also were supplying a workshop was so cool. And I was just wondering, like, what did you guys cover in that workshop? Um, so we, you know, did a brief, like, who we are kind of thing. And then, like, the history of zines, um, just very briefly, because the, the history of zine making itself is really powerful and is, you know, the DIY mindset of, like, big media is not going to give us what we want all of the time. So like, why not make our own media? Right. Um, and then we did just go over like the resources and our process and 
in an attempt to like empower other people to do the same of like make their own stuff because like even you know we try and make our content as like accessible as possible and you know connect to all of these different communities from across the world but there are going to be people out there who you know we don't have what they want either and so like being able to tell others like you can do this too because we've learned so much throughout this um is really good and like you know to to just like be able to offer the resources that we have is really important um and so that was like the primary focus of that workshop yeah and directly engaging with that community is like really really cool too because i was actually looking through the transitions um edition and just seeing that just the submissions that you guys got was so heartwarming and I felt like it really did connect um, just me as an individual reader to a lot of these people that you know I've never met before and both the art and the poetry that was submitted was just very very interesting because it really did give you a glimpse of into someone else's lives as well as giving you a lens into a different perspective and I thought it was just really interesting because a lot of the submissions that I saw were very much about the transition of being an adult um, and coming out of the university um, positioning and also like adapting to understand one's mental health or just becoming vulnerable. And I thought that offered not only a huge amount of empathy, but as well as it really connected all of these people together. Yeah, we find that that happens. Like we will open submissions and it's it's really like a free-for-all. Like we try to make the submission process as accessible and as um like not as many rules anywhere because we're like we don't want to like restrict people's self-expression at all so but something that we'll find is that like there are trends between all of these different experiences um and they come together beautifully because you're looking at you're looking at and reading and digesting content from so many different perspectives that not not it's like humanly impossible for everyone to have access to all of these perspectives and that's something that Sarah and I are like we have our blind spots and that's something that you know we we find very useful for people to recognize that you have blind spots and that um, if we can be a platform to help close a little bit some of those blind spots so that you do hear from a person you maybe normally wouldn't interact with in person or you don't you're not from the same city um, or the same identity, I think that's, that's very crucial. And they do, in a strange way, kind of all flow together, even though they're from very different people with very different perspectives. So I think it kind of takes like a cultural pulse, in a sense, of like right. what's going on in the world at the time. And just, yeah, just really, like you said, like creates that space for, um, for empathy across different lived experiences. That's one of our values as well, is like being vulnerable and um, choosing to give in to that notion of radical empathy. And like when it comes down to it, the themes that we choose, you know, while being fairly vague, we're all connecting on that same feeling, you know, cause like regardless of like the event that's causing this transition for us, we're all feeling that, um, that weirdness that comes with transitions or like the sadness or like the, the joy that comes out of it. And then like our previous issue before transitions, which is the question of like, what makes you feel human? And when it comes down to it, like even though we're all having like extremely different experiences, like you can really feel other people's, um, you know, feeling of being human and empathize with that to 
some extent, which is why we've kind of committed to like doing more themes and stuff. Cause at the end of the day, like while we might not be experiencing the same things, we're all feeling similar. And yeah. so it's like, why, you know, like questions to ask. And I'd just like to take a moment, too, to remind the listeners that you're listening to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. I'm currently here with Sarah and Bergen from Trash Mag, and we're just talking about the history of Trash Mag, as well as the ways it connects people through the state of empathy. I was also wondering, too, because you guys mentioned that you do live events as well, and I was wondering, where could we find you guys at these live events? So, growing up... Um... I was privileged enough to be exposed to a lot of these like underground scenes across LA. Um, it's funny because the people that started Trash Mag, you know, with me, they lived in like the Pacific Palisades and I was in San Gabriel and just like, like hours between, you know, us and we were still able to meet somehow. And those were just through like the off chances of like going to like different events and stuff and seeking out those spaces. But anyway, because, um, of that participation in these communities we've been able to uh collaborate with a lot of different venues in la so junior high is like the home of our night of queer expression series um and which is a night for queer expression and we have like only queer artists and um people participating and um you know and that's to create space for that community and um We've been able to collaborate with uh, New Two, which is a community space in Chinatown, LA, and The Smell, which is an iconic place for, you know, oh, yeah. music and people, um, you know, been around since the 90s. So, like, why not? And we've been really lucky that Jim has, like, given us that space, like, countless times. And then also just, like, my friends have, like, opened up their homes to us and, like, here you go. like do what you will at our space and so That's so kind um, yeah we when we didn't have any funding or know what we were doing most of our shows were just like in people's backyards and for Minneapolis um I so I go to school in California so I'm only in Minneapolis um usually for like two or three months out of the year so I'll try to put something together in that time because we do want to engage with communities outside of Los Angeles. Um, And so in Minneapolis, we've had um, a couple large scale gallery and music type festival events at the Vine Arts Center um, in South Minneapolis. So that's been, I mean, this summer it's not happening, but the past two summers we've um, done that, which has been an amazing way for, you know, me to kind of, I went out to Los Angeles, was able to, um, um, start this community, which really took off on its own with with me and Sarah's direction and our effort. Um, it it took off and it became something for the people. So it was something that I was so excited to bring back to Minneapolis and um, host events here with that with the name of Trash Mag and with the resources and community we have. Um, it was just like definitely a full circle for me of like I left here, found something and brought it back. Um, and it's just amazing to see how it really just takes on a life of its own. We had a, our first round of interns was actually a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we had some event planners who were able to, you know, throw events in Santa Cruz, in Lansing, Michigan, just like very random areas of the country. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like now we have some sort of presence there. And by chance, I had met um, 
someone from Dallas who was going to school in LA and was able to go to Dallas, Texas and collaborate on an event with two other organizations out there. So just kind of all over the place. And we're just gonna take a moment to hear a message from KUCI. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. All right, and welcome back to Local Love on KUCI. Just to remind the listeners that I'm talking to Bergen and Sara from Trash Mag. And I just want to give a quick shout out to their highlight as well on their Instagram. And you can find their Instagram at Trash Mag Trash Mag. And you can find their highlights and you will find it under the Night of Queer Expression. You can find some really amazing bands as well as artists in those highlights. And you can also find additional resources to any events going on in those areas. I actually found a really cool band called The Stamp Collection that I'm actually gonna look into more. And then I would also like to give a shout out to the artist, poet, and tattoo artist, Hood Prophet. She has really wonderful work and poetry. Definitely check her out. And I was just gonna ask too, um, you guys have been offering a lot of positioning as well as um, being an intern. And a lot of your interns have been actually publishing um, both articles as well as playlists. And I was wondering how can someone apply to be an intern and what opportunities can they expect to be an intern? Yeah, um, so we've had three different rounds of interns since we started. Um, and the current one that we're in right now, which is our summer intern program, um, focuses on the editorial experience. Um, so uh, we have three interns, Phoebe, Zoe, and Mars. Um, Phoebe's on the East Coast, Mars is on the West Coast, Zoe's in the Midwest. So we're really <laughs> covering some, some bounds here. Um, but all of them really have been given the opportunity to utilize Trashmag's platform to speak about what they care about um, and to highlight, you know, different things that they're learning, different artists that they love, um, and really, like we said before, to, to um, create empathy across those lived experiences. So um, basically, they, they will, we do a brainstorm process of coming up with topics, um, they will write, and then we go through a pretty intensive editing process as well, which they are involved in. Um, we love for everyone to be able to look at each other's pieces. Um, we find that all of us have very different lived experiences, so it's very useful for all of us to like look at each other's pieces with our own critical eye and make sure that it really is as representational as possible and as as inclusive as possible. Um, and so, yeah, we have we have those three on right now. Um, and our internship program this time is is two months long, um, so we we have a lot of Zoom meetings and um, we check in with them a lot, and it's it's been an awesome experience. I think Sara and I um, have learned a lot, and like we're learning along with them as well. Um, it's very much like I don't like we are like I guess in a supervisor type role, but we really do see it as like we are collaborating with other very very capable, very talented artists. And yeah, and then we'll we'll put them up on the blog. And um, yeah, Mars just put out her first piece about um, uh, basically about specified terminology when talking about Black experiences to make sure that POC, you know, POC is such a blanket statement, right? Um, such a blanket group. And so, in some situations, that may not be the best term um, when talking specifically about Black experiences. So um, she did a beautiful history and research about the term people of color and 
when it is and isn't maybe appropriate to use. So um, yeah, and that has done has done very well on the Instagram. Um, so that's been exciting to see. We have a few more coming out this week too. And I definitely recommend the listeners to go actually check out Mars's article. It was a really good read. And I actually learned where that term actually came from and the history behind it. And I actually learned myself just, you know, how it can and cannot be appropriate. And I felt like that really helped me understand my allyship a little bit better as well. And I also realized that you guys also put out your LA or a bus playlist. And I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit more about that and how that also contributes to the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, so we took on Nat Lee and then Maddie Malloy um, as our music journalists. Um, so that's actually a permanent position that they'll be doing. So those playlists and write-ups will be coming out every two weeks until we decided to do something else, I guess. Um, but basically, LA or Bust is the playlist that Nat does about artists in Los Angeles. And uh, she actually runs her own booking community called Sleaze Hog Productions. So if you guys want to check that out, pre-corona times, uh, they were doing shows very frequently, um, exclusively for Black and people of color and um, the queer community. And so the most recent playlist was for exclusively Black people and like how can we lift up just not only their stories but like the creative content that they're producing, you know, because that tends to be underrepresented in the DIY scene, actually. Um, as, you know, inclusive that the LA scene tries to be, you know, we're not exempt from racism and exclusion. So that write-up was also, you know, talking about how the music industry influences marginalized peoples. And yeah, I think the point of these playlists is to, you know, open up your perspective to the local artists around you, you know, like we don't need to just be listening to top 40. I don't like that term. And then Maddie's doing um, hers on artists in Minneapolis. So I suggest you look at those as well and listen to those. All of these playlists are very well curated and stuff that I'm going to be listening to and like yeah. shower and whatnot. And like, I've been finding really cool artists through it. And um, it's a good way to decolonize your music taste, as Nat put it. No, I loved that. I was actually about to mention that part of the article that Nat put together. And that's something that I absolutely love right now is how many resources, especially online resources right now that people are putting together to specifically decolonize both your music playlist, your bookshelf, your TV shows, everything like that, just to help us understand and get a better understanding of, you know, cultures around us or, you know, the positioning of ourselves in front of these screens and just knowing how they affect people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm very proud of proud of those two for um, um, using their. They actually do college radio as well, both of them. So, um, kind of using the skills that they learned at their respective college radio, so at USC and at University of Minnesota. So they both got on great experience there and have been exposed to a lot of artists, and then they're able to then utilize Trash Mix platform to again uplift those artists and um you know i think we we found it really useful that there be like a write-up involved with the playlist to give like a little more insight um into like what what's the theme of that playlist what artists are in it why does this matter um why do these artists do, like need to be listened to i think it's important to make that case um because we we do want to expose local music to people who maybe haven't engaged with it before so it's like 
making a case for why does why should you even listen to local music like what why does it even matter and yeah so i think it's it's been really great to to see them do some amazing work there i was just gonna ask too um because we kind of mentioned it before um about your adaptions to quarantine with the whole um you know online zoom workshops i was just wondering because you guys are putting out the new issue soon of art as therapy and i was just wondering you know what can you expect in the future with that yeah, so we have our quarantine coming out um, in about two to three weeks here. Things have been pushed around. We've had to be like flexible with um, with certain deadlines and stuff. It definitely didn't feel right to put out an issue um, two weeks ago or even this week. We're you know we're figuring out when is it appropriate. Um, so this issue will be a hundred percent donation to um specifically communities of color that have been disproportionately affected by the coronavirus so we really want this to give a real tangible impact um obviously creating empathy across lived experiences is our thing and we love it and it does a lot but also if you're able to pair that with real action and um as as opposed to just reflection i think that's where you know real change can happen so that issue will feature you know a many different artists and I guess what their experiences have been during um, the pandemic and what how has it affected them just kind of like how are they feeling I feel like a lot of our issues and our themes are just kind of like a check-in of like literally like how are you doing like me and Sarah are like really curious people and we're like what like we just want to know what people are doing and how people are feeling right um, so that's yeah you'll just be able to hear from a lot of different artists about how they've been affected by the pandemic um how they're doing what they're making right now if they're making anything so it'll kind of be like an interesting historical piece i think to look back on in the future absolutely and then i just want to end off too and just asking what are your future goals for trash mag outside of the new edition coming up bergen and i both want this to be our full-time job and we kind of touched on like being college students and like working on this and throughout all of it like when you do these like other tasks throughout your life so like i'm a barista and i go into my job and i'm like this is not as fulfilling as the work i do for trash mag you know right. and like how can i implement this into my professional life as well and um you know we we're, we're really striving to be a not, not well established because I think that minimizes um, what we have established so far, but how do we make this a functional organization that can continue um, into our, you know, later adult lives and careers? Yeah, we definitely, we want to be like that, you know, that go-to spot for folks that are looking for new artists. Um, and we want to just forever continue to um, uplift underrepresented voices in the media. So you know, that, that looks like us growing, us growing our team, us doing some more of the quote unquote business, businessy stuff that like, I think Sarah and I were learning a lot about like, oh my gosh, like we didn't know that this is how this thing worked or like, this is how we can really reach more people and like, you know, hear new perspectives and stuff. So I think that's been, um, we really have just like taught ourselves how to do everything this whole way. So, um, we're, you know, get learning a lot of new information right now and able to look at how, how can we make actionable steps to really have Trash Mag be something that can be self-sustaining and sustainable for the future. Um, we can live, like, live our lives off of this and just really just keep creating the community and growing it and growing it and growing it. Um, we are very dedicated to that future where, like, this is what we do. 
um, and where we can make like, I think Sara and I both agree like this is where we can make the biggest impact is just creating a platform and having other people run with it and do amazing and beautiful things. Yeah. So I think like in, in you know, we, we just started growing our team, which has been, you know, like a really amazing experience and like, um, you know, how, how we can include more people throughout all of this. And you mentioned briefly, just to go back really quick about the internship stuff. And like, I think that throughout this experience, that has been something really beneficial for us as well. So there will be more opportunities for that. And just trying to, because as Bergen said, like we've been learning, you know, how to do this uh, for the past three years. And so um, adding more people in perspective to be like, hey, like, what do you have that, you know, like impacts this community as well? And um, I think that this is really like self-made and ran by the people. And then like now we're learning like how to continue doing that in fulfilling ways. Well, thank you guys so much. Like this was just an amazing interview. And I felt like I learned a lot both about Trash Mag and just who runs it and everything that you guys are offering. So thank you guys once again for that. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And for the listeners, if this is something that you're interested in checking out or possibly even applying to, you can find all their information on their website at trashmag.xyz. It'll take you to their front page, and you can also find them on their Instagram at trashmagtrashmag. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Thank you all once again for tuning into Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. If you'd like to learn more about the schedules of KUCI, you can find more information on our website, KUCI.org. And if you're interested in future shows for Local Love, you can check out our newly created Instagram at LocalLoveKUCI, where you can find more information about upcoming guests, events, and announcements, in addition to being a place in which you can submit your own suggestions for local businesses to be interviewed. Once again, I'm your host, Kenzie, and this is Local Love on KUCI. See you all next week.